Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for your warm welcome. That's, uh, that's what we need. So, since we are approaching Gorpurnima, or the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I will uh, I'll speak on that topic. Um, so, let us begin somewhere. Although, in eternity, there is no beginning. But, we have to make a beginning somewhere. So, let me begin with the darkness of Kali Yuga, which is everywhere. It is around us, and within us. That is the problem. Ah. It is said that when you are looking at a jewel, that that ornament becomes more beautiful on a blackish background. In this way, Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur explained that at the time of the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Kali Yuga becomes darker than it would have naturally been. After all, Kali Yuga is supposed to last 432,000 years and only five have passed. And if it's already like this, what's it going to be? If, you know, we got 427,000 more years of Kali Yuga and it's already too much. And what will it be like as it progresses? But actually... At the time of the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Kali Yuga shows a darker feature of itself. Just to highlight, highlight the golden avatar. Uh, oh yes, now Krishna, uh, Krishna Varnam Twissa Krishna, now that Krishna appears in a non-blackish form, golden, he has become uh, in the mood of Simata Radharani, who is golden. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna, now in the mood of a servant, now in the mood of a devotee absorbed in loving service, and which devotee is greater than Simata Radharani? Now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has appeared in a golden form. Uh, yes, for many of us, Maybe an obscure incarnation of the Lord. For many of us, maybe not an incarnation that we commonly knew about when we were young. Uh, Krishna, everybody knows. Ah, yes. Krishna Janmashtami, yeah. Everyone celebrates. Ah. And, and what day in the year can be more important than Krishna Janmashtami? What day could it be? Gorpurnima. Brilliant. Really? No, really. That is brilliant because very few people are aware of it. And why is Gorpurnim more important than Janmashtami? Uh, the reason is, is because 
Krishna said, Sarvadharmam paricheyam mamikam saranam brajaham tam sarvapapebi omoksha isma yamimasucha. Just abandon everything and surrender unto me. <laughs> yes, very nice. <laughs> we even know the slok. We know the verse. Yes, yes, very famous. But who can do it? Who can live it, actually? Impossible. Impossible. Everything. Abandon something, all right, but everything. Nechalega. <laughs> Sorry. That will not work. So what to do now? What to, yes, then we cry. And we have to abandon everything. But that is the reality. That is the reality that we are facing. Um, when by good fortune we hear about transcendental knowledge, and when by good fortune we may become attracted to that transcendental knowledge, even then it is still difficult, still difficult to surrender. Even when we know everything, still difficult to surrender. That is, is the crucial element. Uh, how to follow these things. We know it's better. We know we should. We know it would be good if we could. But I'm not in the mood. <laughs> what to do? This is is our predicament. Um, it is here, it is here where mercy is required. Um, how can we chant Hare Krishna? How can we do it? By pray, pray to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Pray that somehow or other some inspiration may come, some strength may come. Pray for strength because he is the most merciful incarnation. And who does not require such strength? Huh? Oh, for the learned it's difficult. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in Navadvip. It was a center of erudite scholars at the time. The fame of Navadvip knew no bounds. Huh? I was reading in one description of Navadvip, a very interesting point, because it said at that time, everything was about learning. Those who were learned in scriptures, they were respected. Not money. Learning was respected. It was in that way. Uh, a mother was thinking, I hope my daughter will marry a scholar instead of a billionaire. Uh, yes. So the times were different. And... Everyone was drawn to Navadvip. Uh, everyone, from everywhere they came. Even before the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, many great personalities came, drawn to Navadvip. Externally drawn by that extraordinary learning that was there, by that amazing culture, externally. But internally, because Navadvip is an eternal abode, it is an eternal abode of abundance, an abode of abundant mercy. Uh, somehow or other, uh, there is no place 
no place in this universe that can equal Navadvip when it comes to mercy. It cannot be found anywhere else. So, externally attracted to learning, many great personalities move there. Mm. Advaita Acharya. No. Advaita Acharya is 53 years older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, and Advaita Acharya was from a very aristocratic Brahmin family, Varendra Brahmanas, from East Bengal, far, now Bangladesh. Oh. His birthplace, I went there, at least to the area, and it is a long journey, I can tell you that. We had to go across three rivers. We had to drive on tempos, over rough terrain, uh, and finally we came to that place. Then there is a radius, an area of about 20 kilometers, and somewhere in there is the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's on the edge of the land of Goda, the land of Bengal. After that is Meghalaya. Meghalaya is a tribal area. That is very different. I read about Meghalaya in Encyclopedia Britannica, and there it said that in Meghalaya, a man must not only, he marries his wife, and when the husband of, of her mother dies, then he has to also marry his mother-in-law. <laughs> that's not Vedic culture. <laughs> so it's a, that's different. Uh, that's a different culture. That's Meghalaya. So right on the edge of Goda, the land where the mercy of Lord Chaitanya is widely available, right on the edge of that land, Advaita Acharya appeared. Interesting, because Advaita Acharya is identified as none other than Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is, a, is an avatar, an expansion of Krishna, who resides on the, on the border of the material and the spiritual world, the Viraja River, right on the edge. His birthplace, also right on the edge. Interesting. And Advaita Acharya... Uh, was the first one who came to the Navadvip area. He stayed in Shantipur, but also had a house in Navadvip. And Advaita Acharya would teach, teach Bhagavad Gita. Not only Bhagavad Gita, he was teaching Bhagavad Gita Satchirapat, right? which means basically the true explanation of the Bhagavad Gita, or the Bhagavad Gita, as it is. Interesting. We think like that. Srivas, Srivas Thakur. Ah, he was also an elder of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He also came from East Bengal, Bangladesh. Also drawn to Navadvip. He also settled there. And Srivas, it said, when Srivas was a young man, he was not always so strict about spiritual life, if you know what I mean. In fact, they say, when Srivas was a young man, he was more the party type. <laughs> you know? What can be said? So, Srivas was just wasting all his time 
But one day, a renowned astrologer, he said, O Srivas, you are simply wasting your time playing. Don't you know that within, within one year from now, you will die? It's like, intense, intense. Not just anybody, but a very famous astrologer says that. I mean, that's... Dimakto chakra ho jata hai. Then the mind starts spinning. That is very intense. So in this way, Srivas got worried. It said that Srivas then became serious. He believed it and took up spiritual life. It said one year from then, he was listening to a Bhagavatam lecture of Devananda Pandit. The lecture was given upstairs. Upstairs. And when she was listening to the Bhagavatam lecture, suddenly he couldn't breathe. Now, if you suddenly can't breathe, the tendency is to go outside and get some fresh air. So, especially when it's very hot, like India. So he went outside to get some fresh air, went on the balcony, and then he became dizzy. And he fell right over the edge of the balcony and is just going down towards earth when an unknown personality caught him in mid-air and put him on the ground. It is said at that point, Srivas in such a state of shock, he, he was just practically dead, then he was alive, he wasn't dead, and then in that very emotional state, he suddenly the energy of, it said, of Narada Muni entered into him. He felt it. But he was still very weak and dizzy, and they carried him home. He rested the next morning. He read, he picked up a book to read, a manuscript. It was the Brihan Naradiya Purana. And as he was reading, he read in that Brihan Naradiya Purana a very important verse. You might have heard this verse before, and if you do, then you can say it out loud together with me. Harinama, 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 Eva, Kevalam, Kalo, Nasteva, 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 Gatir, Anyata. Uh, that there is no other way, no other way, no other way. Was that three times? <laughs> there was no other way <clears throat> than the chanting of the holy name in this particular era. And then Srivas took inspiration and he started Kirtan in his house every night. And so, these two places, the house of Advaita Charya in Shantipur and the house of Srivas, these two places became the meeting place of the Vaishnavas. In the courtyard of Srivas's house, there was a tree. And this tree was producing flowers 12 months a year. Where do you find such a tree? Huh. Yes. But that tree was just always blossoming. Always. Twelve months a year blossoming. So, you know, people who are doing puja at home, they're always looking for flowers, right? So, Srivas, his house became very popular, not only for kirtan, but also to collect flowers. So, in the morning, all the devotees would assemble in the courtyard of Srivas's house. Then, then, I've moved along 
in time now. Nimai Pandit, the son of Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Mata, was now a young man. Then he had gone recently to Gaya because his father had died and he wanted to perform a ceremony, a Sraddha ceremony, a ceremony to get auspiciousness for his father. He did so, met his spiritual master. Anyway, no one knew about that, but he just came back and he had totally changed. Before he was all pundit and arguing and nyaya and logic and argument and all these things. Now he was crying tears and he was just beyond himself and shivering and falling to the ground in separation from Krishna. And as in the morning the devotees came to collect flowers in the, in the garden or not in the courtyard of Srivas' house where the tree was, they got, they said, have you heard what? Nimai, he has changed. Nimai has become an amazing Vaishnava. Oh, oh, we'll give him some mercy. And some devotees engaged Nimai in their service and allowed him to do some service so he could make advancement. But very soon they realized that he was the most advanced devotee. Uh, he had received initiation in Gaya and traveled back to Bengal. Gaya is in Bihar, and Bihar is a bit north, uh, northwest from Bengal. So he came into Bengal from the northern side. He, he's, he came to Kanai Natashala. Uh, he sat down in that place on the bank of the Ganga. Nimai, he chanted his Gayatri, which he had just received. There are different Gayatri mantras. And when he chanted the Gopal Gayatri mantra, one of the Gayatri mantras, he saw Gopal. And Gopal appeared before him. And next moment, Gopal disappeared. Then Nimai just lost it. And from that moment on, he was just looking every, everywhere. Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? With complete eagerness. Complete eagerness, not just like I'm trying to be, to be Krishna conscious. Now, for the last thirty-seven years, I have been trying, and there has it's been very difficult. But at least I am still here for the Sunday feast <laughs> because I like the prasad. Uh, <clears throat> not like that. In great separation. In great separation, where is Krishna? With intense longing. So this is something. This is the only thing that's going to do it. Huh. For us, we have all kinds of intense longings, but not for Krishna. So what to do with all these strong material desires? All these things that we want to touch. All these things we want to possess. What to do about all these things? Think of the list. <laughs> Close your eyes in deep meditation. Take a deep breath. Go within and look at the long list of all these material desires. We are trapped. Can we ever become free from these things? Very easily. Ah, yes, very easily. Just chant the name of Goranga. 
Just simply chant the name of Nichananda and then chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Then suddenly, very quickly, there will be taste, transcendental taste. Without taste, we cannot lift one finger. The word duty is not very popular in this age. Duty, heavy duty, Kartavya. <sighs> no one wants it. Nowhere. <coughs> yes, we may know everything, or we may not know everything. We may know everything, or we may not know anything, or we may think we know everything. Uh, all, these all these varieties of things are there. But the fact of the matter is, we cannot. Uh, we do not have the strength to act according to higher spiritual knowledge. Therefore, uh, instruction will not do. Uh, just as nowadays they speak of the generation gap. Sons don't listen to their, their parents and you raise your finger and say, young man, now you listen to your father. When I was your age, you know, then, you know. Things were not as easy as it's now, you know. But we, you know, we did it all. So, pull your socks up, young man. Get your act together. We can try. It doesn't work. They don't listen. <laughs> they don't listen. They tried everything. And you just keep them, as when they're small, they don't listen. You keep them sweet with the phone, whatever, you know, somehow or other, they don't listen. Then we say, oh, the youth of today. Oh. Yes. And then, then they ask, uh, they ask questions about the tradition of their ancestors. So not supposed to ask questions. Just tradition, you must do it. So, why? Just, you can't ask that. And they do. They ask, why? So the times have changed. Well, the times have changed. India is the funniest country in the world. There are a few people from India here, but not everyone is from India. <laughs> I tell you, India is a funny country. Because you're supposed to blindly follow the tradition, right? You're not supposed to ask why. That's not allowed. Now, they educate their, their children to death almost, you know, till they're PhDs, right? Where they're trained to ask why. <laughs> but you're not allowed to ask why. <laughs> so, and then, <clears throat> they all want ladies who just do everything. Every man wants to marry a lady who is very submissive and is his servant, <clears throat> but every father wants his daughter to be a PhD. <laughs> so all these things are very complicated, if you think about it. These are con contradictions, social contradictions. Anyway, <clears throat> the point is um, that nobody, nobody in this age has great personal strengths. Nobody in this age is a great devotee. Sometimes we see someone 
all dressed up in nice saffron. We see, oh, he, he must be such a great devotee. And we try to elevate him up to the ceiling, right? We put a hundred garlands, why not a thousand? Right, yes, he said, oh yes, you are, you are a miracle, you are amazing, you are the most wonderful, you are everything. Oh yes, please give me asirbat, give me blessings, blessings, blessings. Yes, but that's not how it is. The truth is, we are all weak. We're all weak. The weakness is deeply within, in everyone. It doesn't matter what, where you're from, it doesn't matter what your title is. Uh, it doesn't matter. Trivedi, Chaturvedi, Panchvedi. It doesn't matter how many Vedi. Or it doesn't matter PhD or you know how many PhDs you have. It doesn't matter. How many stars, how many stripes. It all doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everyone is weak. It is here where our journey begins. Oh. Because that is where we'll find the Supreme Lord, in our weakness. That is where we find Him. Oh. I'm now stealing something from the Pope, actually, because the Pope met with a drug addict, and he told the drug addict, you will not find God in the church. You will not find God in the Bible. You will find God in your weakness. And I was impressed by that, I must say. Uh, that is true. We also um, are encountering our weakness. It is there where we can find Krishna. We can stand in front of the altar, say our prayers. We can do all these things, right? we can, but then we'll change our heart. Not so easily. Uh, not so easily. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada said, we should chant Hare Krishna like a child calling out to its mother. Like we should approach the Supreme Lord with a prayer for please be merciful to me. Sri <coughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu even gives the mercy before we pray. Even when we don't pray at all, he gives it. Uh, he gives it. Um, last night, I told I was with a group of devotees and I told them that in my life, mm, I sort of decided that this Krishna conscious movement was a little bit too serious. Too serious. Too much high level of commitment. So I was thinking, well, I'll let it go. And what happened is, I met this girl, who later became my wife. And this girl, she had a dog. And the dog's name was Krishna. And then I was walking with the dog at night. Had to let it out. And I was calling the dog, because this dog wouldn't come back and it called very loud Krishna I did Harinam around the block every night <laughs> yeah and this is the truth I mean 
It says in the Vedas that you have three types of gurus, right? You have the Vartma Padaksha Guru, the one who shows you the path. You have the Siksha Guru, instructing spiritual master. You have the Diksha Guru, initiating spiritual master. My Vartma Padarsha Guru was a dog. <laughs> it's true. What can it? Krishna sends you someone on your level. <laughs> anyway, somehow or other, right, somehow or other, who could have imagined that? I never thought it would go like that. But look at the result. This was the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Somehow or other. That's what happened. I have no idea why and how, but it happened. And in this way, even when we don't want the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it will come. So that is this movement of that Srila Prabhupada bought. Srila Prabhupada was the transparent via media of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we, uh, we are part of this now. Therefore, although Janmastami is very important, and on Janmastami, please take a day off, and please get fast the entire day, and please glorify Krishna the entire day on Janmastami. But one day is still more important. It is Gorpunim. Because on this day, on this day, the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is always widely available, is even more available. So you'd better take a day off on March 9th and celebrate it. It's worth it. And dedicate the day to doing some seva. Dedicate the day to Harinam Sankirtan. Dedicate the day to hearing, chanting, and feasting on Krishna Prasadam. Dedicate that day to remembrance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because that might just make the difference and instill in our heart that determination that we're lacking. Everything is there. Jai Srila Prabhupada, Oh, Radhamala Mahan, Temple, everything is there. But it's just the condition of the heart. Ridaya Durbalyam. Weak-hearted, it is said. This weak-heartedness is our problem in this age of Kali. Anyhow, so therefore, I wanted to impress, in, I had half an hour, it was not an awful lot of time, to say a lot about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I could also speak six months every day and tell you a little more. Today, I just did a bird's flight, but in this bird's flight, I wanted to impress the importance of Gorpunim, the importance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in our life. So what I would suggest is find out more about him. Find out more about him. Read about him. And today, amazing enough, oh yes, today, you wouldn't believe it, but today, aha, the biography of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is available outside. For it is nine volumes of books for only 50 five dollars I mean you can't buy nothing for fifty five dollars it's today I tell you even if you have it already buy it 
buy it for $55. You can't go wrong. Even if you don't know who to give it to, you'll find somebody later. You'll never get it as cheap again. So first of all, everyone who's from India, uh, you know, you like bargains, don't you? <laughs> you like it when you get things cheap, right? It, I've never heard of anything as cheap as, as, as that. I think of buying one myself, right? That's cheap. My God, 55 bucks, incredible. If you're not from India, then what's 55 bucks, you know what I mean? But God, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't even fill your tank, right? 55 bucks. I can't believe it, really. I'm dumbfounded. 55 bucks for a full set of nine volumes of Chaitanya Charitamrit. Incredible. 15,555 verses for 55 bucks. Boy, plus purports. I mean, it's a steal. I can't believe it. I think someone must have sponsored them. How is it possible? Incredible. Think about it. Because if you take that home and you read more about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then... Surely, your eagerness will increase. I thank you very, very much. I've used up the time. So, looking forward to seeing you again sometime in the future. Jai. Hare Krishna.